You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros You Think Network. Enjoy. guys welcome to another edition of the primetime podcast the your new orleans pelicans have the number one pick in the 2019 nba draft after they win the lottery with david griffin there who is now four for five when he is in contention for the number one pick today we have two guests as scott prather will be joining us in a little bit but first i would like to bring on lyndon burton to talk to y'all with me about uh what's going on in new orleans a big night in New Orleans, man. Lyndon, I don't know about you, but I was yelling at the top of my lungs last night. Oh, my girlfriend was asleep. And I literally, like, I had taken a nap because I was like, bro, I can't take the pressure of waiting up till watching this NBA lottery. So I took a nap. I woke up. I think they had just announced the first one. So I was like, ooh, good time. So I'm, I'm, I'm in it. And I'm like, all right. I ain't see nothing, you know. Atlanta's getting called. Chicago. I'm like, all right, we got a chance. Then when I saw us get the four, I was like, bro, no effing way. Like, no, and then as soon as the, because I was more excited that the Lakers got the fourth, low key, than us getting the first, because I just did not want them to have that over us for this Anthony Davis nonsense. I didn't want it, and I was just like, if the basketball gods are with us tonight, we'll have some good luck. And when that first pick came in, I literally woke my girlfriend up, because I was screaming. My neighbors were like, what's going on? It, it, It was just utter joy for me, just to to see that happen on television live. It was amazing. You know, the crazy thing about it is usually in the past, this has kind of been a, a smaller TV showcase where they do it at halftime of, you know, the Western Conference Finals, or they have like a small segment. They had a whole episode of The Jump, pretty much, the 30 minutes, and then you had like another 20 or so minutes before you found out uh, what was going to happen. And they start announcing these picks, and I'm sitting there, Lyndon, and it's like early on in the show, I'm like, man, when are they going to announce these picks? You know, I, I know they know the order. And they start announcing them, and the best reaction for me was, you know, I see a couple of these teams that had a higher chance of getting the number one pick, whether it be the Bulls or a team like them and the Hawks. And I start laughing when I see them later in the draft. And as soon as I think it was the Bulls who took our spot at seven, I, I and I realized we were in the top four, I didn't really have a whole understanding of that, but – I saw those two teams, and I'm sitting there laughing, and then I see them slot the Pelicans in the top four, and it's like, oh, oh, man. Woo! Like, something's about to happen here. And then I saw the Lakers and the Knicks, I'm sitting there at the same time thinking, like, ooh, no, not one of them. (laughs) Not one of them, because that's not who I really want to trade AD to. Exactly. But but then they go to that freaking commercial break, and it's like, man, I'm making myself another drink. So... (laughs) Immediately put the drink I had back because it's like either this is going to be good or this is going to be bad. And, you know, your New Orleans Pelicans end up being number one overall. Lakers end up in that fourth spot. They moved up a ton of spots. But the biggest thing is the Knicks end up third um, with the Grizzlies at two. Really, really, uh, really salty day for those Knicks fans. Uh, I've enjoyed it all day. But to get more. It upsets me. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> the national media has upset me all today, but I'm just – it's okay because we got the pick, so they can just eat crow. Exactly. 
But to get some more perspective, uh, Scott Prather is going to be joining us right now. Uh, y'all make sure y'all give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, and then Lyndon will come back. We'll get some reaction to the Scott Prather interview. Um, but go ahead, give Scott a follow if you don't do so already, at Scott underscore 1420. But without further ado, let's bring Scott on today. I don't know if it was a year or two ago. I think one of you responded to me on Twitter. I had made a, a joke about the Saints going to the Super Bowl, and y'all might have misread it, and then I corrected it, and then just looked on the profile and said, oh, look at this. It's a, it's, it's a local podcast, so I checked it out. Local in that it's, you know, Louisiana. And uh, so, man, I listen uh, when I can, dude. You guys do a great job. I appreciate it. Well, Scott, you know, being in Lafayette, um, I'm from Lafayette. Most of the guys that are actually on our podcast network are from Lafayette. The Pelicans haven't always been seen as a popular team in Lafayette or even in Baton Rouge. But with the addition of or the hopes of maybe adding a guy like Zion, what's been the immediate reaction in the Lafayette area so far? I mean, last night I um, I was I was uh, I had my kids by myself, so I was battling trying to get one of them to sleep while sending out an alert from our station app about you know Zion Williamson and. Then I had to put my other kid to sleep, and, and when I came back out, I had over 100 texts on my phone from different people. Most of them were from Lafayette. Um, you know, there's some people in this building that work on non-sports stations, you know, just using format that don't really follow the NBA a ton, and they were asking me about it today, right? So there is an undeniable buzz when it comes to Zion Williamson. His star power is undeniable. I mean, he's 18. He has as many Instagram followers as Anthony Davis, right? Um, he, he just – this team, you know, I've, I, I covered them when the, when the Hornets first moved to New Orleans. You know, I was living in New Orleans. Um, and then when I moved back here, I covered them a lot. And they would have moments, right? I mean, Chris Paul, Tyson Chandler, David West, Game 7, conference semis against the Spurs. I mean, that season, people kind of caught on late and got into it, and then it kind of died down. And then Anthony Davis, oh, they're going to draft him. They kind of get into it. Then it dies down. Oh, they're in a series with Portland. So they're kind of these these waves, but most of them really weren't, like, consistent or that, that long-lasting outside of sort of your hardcore fans. Because, look, the hardcore Pelican fans, I talk to them, you know, the ones that live in Lafayette. They, um, you know, they whether it just be on the show or just, you know, DM, Twitter, whatever, but to the casual fan that's never quite sure – I mean, last night, obviously the interest was there because I've been having people hit me up for questions all day. Yeah, I tell you what, the interest around New Orleans, uh, looking on Twitter last night was incredible. Uh, It seemed like everyone was holding their breath together. Uh, We talked about a little bit earlier in the pod how, uh, Scott, I had a drink last night with dinner. And as soon as they went to that commercial, we're in the the top four. It's like, oh, man, I'm going to need another drink because (laughs) I was on pins and needles last night. Uh, waiting to find out if we would get Zion or even the number two pick. And with a guy like Zion coming in, I've seen some people say, well, maybe R.J. Barrett's the best player. Is Zion your favorite to be the best player out of this class, or do you maybe like somebody else that the Pelicans can look at at the one spot? No, no, it's, it's, it's Zion without question. Now, look, there is questions about getting his, you know, tendon sustained you know, 82-game seasons and a longer career. You look at his body type. You look at how explosive he is. I get all that. And, and it would, you know, it's something to be nervous about. But 
it's nice that the Pelicans just hired the most renowned trainer in basketball in the world, and Aaron Nelson, now running the medical staff. You're going to need that for a young guy like Zion. They need to put some more muscle on him. And, and, and some people, you know, feel like John Morant will be the long-term better prospect. But barring, barring health, Zion Williamson will be the best prospect in this draft. If he runs into health issues, it could change. But if, if he has, you know, just a, a good career that's over a decade long, uh, maybe 12, 13 years, and he has his normal nicks and bruises, maybe missed games here and there, I, I think I think he's undoubtedly. I mean, he's looked – we haven't seen a guy that explosive in a long time. The built-in star power definitely helps as well because – I mean, you saw it. I mean, the Pelicans sold 2,500 season tickets, you know, within 12 hours of drafting them. I mean, that in a market, as you know, Charles, where, you know, it's 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 not like the Smoothie King Center is always sold out. Again, they kind of have their their peaks and valleys. But and and I don't know what this is going to do long term, but I just know, man, last night and the day, it is a big freaking win for the franchise. And uh, I was fired. I mean, how how great was that drama watching the draft lottery? I mean, and it's it's all Zion because. If you had, um, you know, the draft several years back where you didn't have a consensus number one, Anthony Bennett went one, he's not even in the league anymore, you don't have that drama last night. I mean, it'd be cool, we'd be having fun today, but you're not selling 2,500 season tickets in 12 hours. You're not seeing a giant increase. My phone's not getting over 100 text messages in 20 minutes. That's the Zion effect. And the star power coupled with how good he is, man, I mean, I, I get it, dude. I'm, I'm freaking fired up today. I am as well. I, you haven't been on radio yet today, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this. But it seems like the national perspective, uh, you've got guys out there saying Zion should go back to college. Zion should say that he's not coming here. After we saw Zion this past season say he's okay with going to a small market. We see what Giannis is doing. Uh, we see that Westbrook stays in OKC. Man, what, what's your reaction to what some of these national guys are saying that obviously haven't been paying attention because Max Kellerman was on this morning saying the Pelicans still have the same training staff as the New Orleans Saints, but that is not even close to the case anymore. Yeah, dude, their their tears and their anger are like PEDs for me. Like I just I just smile yeah. and laugh. I mean, first of all, Zion's not going back to Duke. I mean, that's that's a ridiculous take. And having guys in national media, uh, whether it be Kellerman, you know, they they don't they're not. They're not following uh, a franchise that isn't a major daily talking point the same way they're going to follow the Lakers or the or whatever, right? Like the Pelicans, they become a talking point, uh, you know, when AD requests a trade or when they win a playoff series. But they're not this daily 24-7, 365, oh, shoot, what are we going to argue about today? Oh, well, let's do something with LeBron. Let's do something with the Lakers. Let's do something with the Dallas Cowboys. So they're, they're never going to be fine-tuned with this. You know, I think – a national guy like a Zach Lowe, he really follows every single franchise. So I, I pay a little more close attention to that. But, you know, seeing the, the – the, I, I mean, I expect it at all. Oh, this team doesn't deserve it. But what the hell does that even mean? Like, the, yes, the Pelicans don't deserve it as, as much as any of the other teams deserved it. I mean, it's a draft lottery. They won it. Like, like, like when was the last time, outside of LeBron, who signed with the Lakers for business reasons, right, movie, production company, things like that, when was the last time they attracted a gigantic free agent from like another team to go sign there in their prime? It's been a long time. Same thing with the Knicks. This idea of, oh well, you know, these teams deserve it more. I wish he, I wish one of these teams had won it. 
it's, I mean, they've got really poor leadership at the top. Pelicans haven't been a great run-up organization, but 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 the Lakers and Knicks certainly haven't either. And you feel like the tide has turned with the Pelicans, with Gail Benson running the show, with the hiring of David Griffin. You just kind of feel that positive momentum. But I mean, Giannis, like he's he's making a ton of money in marketing. He's playing in Milwaukee, Westbrook and Paul George are in OKC by choice. Like it's not like. Big name guys are just dying to go to the Lakers and Knicks all the time. The league is doing fine with those franchises not doing good, and with small market teams having star players. I mean, the, the, financially, the league is as healthy as it's ever been. So this whole idea, uh, this this constant national, you know, narrative and palaver of oh, you know, it would be better if he was in this market or that market. It did. It's tiresome, and yet it's predictable. So I wasn't surprised at all about any of the, the, the hot takes today of, oh, he doesn't want to be there, and they don't care about this, or they don't care about that. Look, whoever uh, Zion assigns to be his agent is going to make a ton of marketing money. He's, uh, and and, and I, I loved AD. Like, I, I loved AD the whole time he was there. Obviously, I didn't like how things unfolded looking back in January. But as much as I loved him, Charles, it's not like – like he's he's kind of vanilla, and I love the guy, but it's not like he's the most marketable guy. Zion is going to make a ton of marketing money. Could he make more in New York? Perhaps he could make more off of local advertising in New York, yes. But, again, giving you a ton of examples, this idea of he should sit out, he should go back to Duke, he should do this or that, it's all just garbage. He's, he's, he's going to be on the Pelicans. Uh, he's going to make a ton of money in marketing, probably more year one than AD did um, in year seven, and it's going to be fun, man. I mean, I, you know, what kind of trade package should they get for AD, all that stuff. I love all the talking points we now have with this franchise, and I just love that the interest is there. Like, people want to talk about it. The excitement is there, and hopefully the, uh, the Pelicans can ride this wave for a long time. Yeah, you watch some of AD's commercials, and it's almost like you can tell they were pulling hair to try to get him to have some excitement in a commercial. Uh, Zion has all of that. Uh, he's got a good face. He has a great personality. I think his marketing is going to do fine in New Orleans. But you, like you said, the trade packages you could get for AD, whether you convince him to stay, I know Griffin wants to do that, or whether you trade him, uh, the possibilities are endless right now. The Pelicans hold all the cards. So if you're David Griffin, what teams or, or which package are you looking at uh, and really considering as of today? It is a great question. So I, I feel like I feel like there are four teams, and one of them I'm not sure would really necessarily be interested. But if you if if they pick up the phone, I think you got to listen. And I'll start with that. I think we were tweeting about this. I mean, the Clippers can offer all kind of things. Any maybe not all of what I'm about to say, but a combination of. So they've got the uh, the, the Sixers first round pick next year. I think it's a lot of protected. Uh, they've got the 2020 Clippers first after this draft. They could offer that. You got a 2021 first that they own that the, uh, for the Miami Heat. That's unprotected. And then you got Shai Gilders uh, Alexander. You, you, you know Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, more guy, but a great outside shooter. Landry Shamet, young guy, great outside shooter. Montrezl uh, Harrell. You saw those guys buying in. Um, you saw how they played in the postseason with the Clippers, just kind of so much fight, the kind of guys you want in your organization. And and some of the guys I just mentioned, great shooters. That's what you want to – I mean, th- today's game, if you're going to have a guy, uh, an athlete like 
uh, a Zion Williamson, you want to surround him with great shooters. So it, it, the Clippers, maybe not number one, but you got to listen to it. It's, if you're thinking long-term and you're thinking building around Zion. Uh, the Knicks obviously are going to come up, right, Charles? Because they have the third pick, which will probably be R.J. Barrett. I mean, John Morant, you figure he's going to Memphis, even though he and Mike Conley wouldn't exactly fit well together. Could Memphis trade Mike Conley? Let's just say they go with John Morant. Well, then you got R.J. Barrett as your third pick. Well, teammates with, with Zion, they probably feel like they have unfinished business because they didn't win it all at Duke. Um, Mitchell Robinson, you could throw him in the package. He's from Chalmette, right? He'd want to come back home. Uh, 2021 Dallas first-round pick, unprotected. 2021 Knicks uh, probably protected, you know, one through four. You um, you got potentially two lottery picks in a deal with the Knicks and a combination of the players I just mentioned. Maybe, maybe you throw in a Dennis Smith Jr. And then what I like about something like that, Charles, is you're not just thinking, okay, one team. You can bring another team in this, right? You could flip Dennis Smith potentially or, or Smith and, and – um, you know, uh, Telekina, you could flip maybe those guys for someone else. So I think David Griffin, it might not, we're, we're just thinking about, okay, one team, but you could look at potentially three or 14 trades involved in a potential AD deal. The, the Celtics and the Lakers, obviously, I mean, those are the ones people have been talking about for, for months. You know, I don't know that last night necessarily helped Boston. The second half of the season, Tatum went from kind of all started regressing a little bit. But he's still a guy that's done good things in the league. So you bring in a Tatum, potentially a Marcus Smart, put Smart with, with Drew Holiday, have this great defensive backcourt, um, you know, Jalen Brown. But good thing about all those guys, they can all be flipped for perhaps another elite shooter from a different team. And a big thing is, you know, they can offer you that Memphis first. It's, it's one through six protected next year. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be all that great. So then if they don't pick – if they pick one through six next year – then it's unprotected in 2021. I mean, again, potentially potential lottery picks, plus they can offer the 14th, the 20th, and the 22nd. My question with Boston is, are they going to be willing to take a chance now on AD saying, I'm not going to sign my Supermax, I'll just play it out and become a free agent, if that's what he says, because a lot of people feel like Kyrie's leaving Boston, so is, are the Celtics now willing to maybe take a risk that they, they would have taken back at the trade deadline had they been able to buy a league rule, and they couldn't because they still had Kyrie on the contract he had from Cleveland. That's, that's kind of my question mark with Boston. And then the Lakers, I mean, look, you have the fourth pick overall, uh, and, and many feel like this is a top three player type draft, so that hurts them. Um, you know, future first-round picks, Lonzo Ball has no value to me if you're the Pelicans because not a great outside shooter. You really need that, as I mentioned, with, uh, with Williamson. Now, Kuzma and Ingram are, but let's not forget the blood clot uh, thing with Brandon Ingram. I mean, it just that's just way too risky for me, and I'm sure Clutch Sports will be pushing for it. And then this idea, of course, that maybe you convince them to stay. I, I don't – I just think – I just don't see it, Charles. I mean, thinking about let, – let's go back to before training camp this year, all the stuff that AD was saying that seemed a little different. Didn't wasn't like the guy we had seen the previous six years saying – oh, I, I, I'm the best player in the league. I think I'm the best player in the league. I want this. I want that. And, and at the time, it was, it was kind of refreshing that, all right, there's a little more personality out of AD. But that was all clutch telling him, in my opinion, basically start doing things a little different for marketing reasons. Well, now, are you going to want to stay at this franchise where there is some bad blood with some of the fans? I'm sure they'd all be willing to forgive them. But you're going to be 
you know, the number two marketable guy on this franchise. You're going to have an 18-year-old come in and be the number one marketable guy there. I just I don't see it. There are too many things. Best-case scenario, look, he, he changes his mind. He signs a Supermax because he is that good. You forgive him. It all is great. The team's competing immediately. I just don't see that happening. I think it's going to be one of those trade packages, a combination of it, and I won't be surprised at all if it's a three- or four-team deal. Sorry, that was a bit long-winded, but – there's, there's just there's a lot to digest with this, and the beauty of just winning the draft lottery is I think maybe have some teams bidding against each other a little more because if some team had won, let's say the Knicks had, you know, they told uh, through sources Shams Karina they would have traded the number one for AD, and then they told Wojnowski right before the draft, no, we wouldn't. So who knows? But if somebody wanted AD and owned the number one overall pick, they would really have – all the leverage in a potential trade for him. Now you've got teams kind of bidding against each other again. And, and if someone's saying, well, why, why would they do that? He's only got a year left on his deal. When is the next time a team in the league is going to have an opportunity to bring in a top five player? Like, when is it like, I mean, Harden's not going anywhere. Curry's not going anywhere. And I get it. Durant's a free agent. But when is a team going to have the opportunity to, to, to do it themselves, right, to get them – under their roof and prove to it just it rarely happens and, and I think that the market the trade market is still going to be really really fat if you will for Anthony Davis yeah David Griffin now holds all the cards the Pelicans are in a prime position after getting the number one pick I'm excited to tell Scott I'm sure you are as well uh, Scott I gotta ask you this though if you're the Pelicans and people are calling you about the number one pick do you think you're going to get more calls about drafting Zion and trading him, or do you think they're going to get more calls about Anthony Davis? It's, it's the latter because I think teams know that the, David Griffin's not going to trade Zion Williamson. Um, the, the, and even though Griff's saying we want, to, we want to talk to AD, and I know he will, we want him to stay. Uh, the, the, the perception around the league and the understanding is that AD is going to be traded. And, and David Griffin will say all the right things to try to maintain a little bit of leverage. But if you know, you know, if, 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 if you're flirting with a girl, Charles, and you know she's on the market, you know, are you going to call her first? Or are you going to call the girl that's, that's, that's married that you know isn't going anywhere, right? You're going to call the girl that you figure is going to be pretty going to be single really soon. <laughs> so he's going to, you know, you, you, you'll take calls on anything, but I imagine there'll be a lot of calls with AD and, um, you know, they'll offer him some stuff. Griffin will of the offer and, and a lot of it's just whatever his vision is, is it we wanna we wanna we wanna kinda compete at a at a decent level now or we wanna be good now but but in three or four years we wanna be great. I mean I don't I don't know what trajectory he sees but um but whatever it is, that's we're we're gonna we're gonna learn based on what the trade package they get in return for A D. And it'll it'll probably be sometime in July. You know, July first is when you, the next year's cap sets in. Um, and, and free agency gets underway. So sometime in July, he's going to be traded, and you'll hear a lot of rumors between now and then. But, um, but I, I just – that's fine with me. I love the talking points. I love all the national media and the people all mad and upset and crying <laughs> and being Pelicans. I just – their anger and tears, it's just – it's PEDs for me, man. I, I don't get worked up about – uh, talking heads, and, and whenever they get mad when something good happens to the Pelicans, which isn't that often, it just it just makes me happy. Yeah, just keep it coming. 
Uh, y'all make sure y'all follow Scott on Twitter at Scott underscore fourteen twenty. Make sure you also check him out on fourteen twenty in the Lafayette area uh, when he will be on radio later this afternoon, or I guess tomorrow afternoon throughout the week. Scott, we will get you out of here on this question. Uh, Alvin Gentry at the end of the season said the Pelicans will make the playoffs next season. Just based off of excitement, the David Griffin uh, hiring, and now the potential of having Zion and other players, do you see this team making the playoffs next year? Uh, probably not. I mean, if, if, if I had to bet, I would say no. Um, I think they'll be competing for an eighth seed. You know, I mean, look, I didn't think the Clippers would be an eight seed this year, and they were. I think the Pelicans will be in the mix for a playoff spot maybe later in the season. But I, I still think AD is going to be traded. I think you're going to have some young players that you're, that you're working in. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, he's not LeBron, certainly Zionism, but, you know, LeBron went in the playoffs his, his rookie year, his second year. So the West is still deep. The, 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 the draft lottery benefited the West more than the East. I think it's going to be tough unless unless AD stays, which again I don't think is going to happen. If he stays, absolutely. Uh, but if not, I, I think they're going to be you know fun next year. I think they'll be in the mix. Maybe by the time you know uh, post All Star break, they won't be like eliminated from from the playoffs or anything. But I think it's going to be tough to actually get one of those eight spots. So I think with Zion, if they keep Drew Holiday, I think year two is when you then get into the playoffs, and then year three. If you build it right, now you're now you're a player, and then year four, hopefully, you know, uh, I, I felt similar things when they signed AD, and you know, seven years later they'd won one playoff series, so who knows? But it's David Griffin is doing something that is kind of undeniable. I mean, he's changing the culture there. They're improving the facilities. He is respected all over the league, right? I mean, he could have had the Philly job, right? Embiid and Simmons were already there, and he turned it down. I mean, he was very picky about where he was going to take his next job and made a lot of demands. And Gail Benson said, whatever you need. So hiring Aaron Nelson and, and, and bringing in David Griffin and getting the draft lottery with Zion, there's just, there's an undeniable positive momentum happening right now with this team. And, and I don't think that it's going to be instantaneous. Oh, they're in the playoffs and I hope I'm wrong, but I do think two years from now, that's, that's the case. And, and I think three, four years from now, we're going to have fun talking about the Pelicans on your podcast, Charles and May, because they're in a playoff series, not in the draft lottery. I, I agree with you there. Last season was fun, and I look forward to many more seasons like that to come. Scott, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. Oh, man, it was awesome. I had a blast. Have a good one. We'd like to bring Lyndon back in to kind of react to what Scott had to say. A lot of information in there. But overall, uh, I think it is across, well, overall across the board, it is uh, just a sense of excitement around this New Orleans Pelicans team. Uh, Lyndon, what were some of the things you liked about what Scott had to say? I really like the fact of, um, first off, I agree with him about the talking head stuff. Like, all the national media is just butthurtness of upset that the big market teams didn't have it, so that allows more talking points for their national uh, syndicated shows. And it's just, those guys don't look at the small markets. But in terms of basketball and what Zion can mean for this team. I agree. He revitalizes the franchise. I don't think he's LeBron S where we can see him take big strides in year one. But I think, like he said, around year two, year three, that's where we should start to see him make moves as if we handle this AD trade the right way. And I love the packages he brought up. To me, Boston's still my favorite because 
if you can get Jason Tatum and pair him with Drew Holiday and Zion, I love that more than getting the Clippers package or even pairing him with an R.J. Barrett just because I don't necessarily know how R.J. Barrett's game translates to the NBA. I know some people have had him higher than Tatum and higher than some of these other players, but I just, if you ask me personally, I'm with Boston, and but that means you have to wait and see, and that means you, you is Kyrie going to stay? Is Kyrie going to go? You're playing the waiting game, and some people may rather say take the picks and take everything where you can have a clean slate and build it the way you want. Yeah, you know, with the national media talking heads and what they've been saying today, I watched a couple of the shows, and, and you know, the herd is talking about Zion not playing. Um, Ridiculous. You have, you have Max Kellerman, like I said with Scott, you know, saying the Pelicans uh, have a terrible organization top to bottom, which that narrative has completely changed. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out he needs to do a little bit more show prep. And you have, you know, other shows saying that Zion's just going to sit there and waste his talent for, you know, seven years like Anthony Davis did. That, that whole national perspective needs to go out the window. I also think, you know, at least one of my favorite things is that Lakers fans, now that they got the fourth pick, think, oh, well, we have the fourth pick. We're obviously the best trade suitor here. Uh, y'all might as well just send Anthony Davis over today. And I saw Brian, Win- someone said that uh, on Twitter that Brian Winhurst said the Pelicans still aren't going to uh, look at the Lakers offer. Which why, would you, why would you look at the Lakers offer with the fourth pick? We know it's a three-team draft when the team ahead of the Lakers want Anthony just as much as them. And Anthony wants to be there more. Like Scott said, like the Lakers fans and Lakers fan base are idiotic. Also, if we want to talk about just Anthony and talk about how and how talking heads are like France, the Pelicans are in dismay. They've been a, a terrible franchise for years. Who is running the Lakers right now? The Rambi? The Rambuses? Who like, is that not a joke? Like, dude, let's not just act like Magic Johnson just didn't leave them, and they're not just the laughingstock of the league. And we want to call the Pelicans a disgrace when you see, yes, with Dell Dims and Mickey Loomis, that was a problem, 100%. I'll admit that to anybody. But if you look at what David Griffin's done, bringing in Aaron Nelson, Gail Benson getting behind David Griffin, it's a different frame. It, it, it seems like we've made the turn. And, yes, somebody was talking to somebody on Twitter today, and they were like, can you call the horse before you see his, his – can you call it before you see his his fruits of his labor? And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, of course I'm not going to sit here and say the Pelicans are going to be a playoff championship team right now. But to say that the moves David Griffin has made thus far hasn't been at least beneficial or at least a, a, a step in the right direction is idiotic. And that's just how I feel about it. Like, if, if you ask me, I'm taking David Griffin – uh, every day and twice on Sunday before I take the Rambi. I'm sorry. Or the Rambuses, whatever they, whatever they want to be called. Yeah, if I'm Anthony Davis, I have to rethink about, you know, where I want to go. Because, look, even the Knicks, if if they don't land Kevin Durant, Kyrie, hmm. or Kyrie, or, or the both of them, I mean, the Knicks obviously aren't a destination you would want to go by yourself being the only superstar. You see what the Lakers are. Uh, and, and, you know, looking, looking at it from the Pelicans' side of things, I mean— Look, the Knicks have a couple of guys. Knox would be a nice piece. But David Griffin said it on NBA TV before he was the, the GM for the Pelicans. And I imagine that his stance is the same, if not uh, him wanting more. He wants a guy that's an all-star or a potential all-star. He wants a role player or players. And he wants draft picks. Not a pick, draft picks. And look, I tell you this. A guy like Drew Holiday that's 28, I think the Pelicans are going to try to push – to get back to the playoffs as soon as possible. 
Uh, whether they do that next year or not, that's yet to be seen. I think that'll really depend on who they are able to bring with his AD trade, but and maybe even a free agent or two. But, you know, I, I think that they're going to try to get back to the playoffs as soon as they can. And you're going to see an organization that has run well, and every single thing they do will be a thought-out process. They're not just going to make, you know, rash decisions. They're going to do stuff that makes sense for the ultimate goal, which is a championship at the end of the day. 100%. Now, my thing, I want to pose this question to you, and I don't want to take credit for it. I, I saw the uh, the Birds rights. They did, a, they did a podcast last night, Emergency Pod, and they brought up this question about how do you think Drew's age and with Zion's age, depending on how this trade goes, do you think that that affects things? Because Drew being in his prime, we – I'm not going to say we're in complete rebuild mode, but depending on this trade – now, if we trade with, like, for example, the Clippers – we're playoff bound because, I mean, we basically have their playoff team plus Drew and Zion. So, I mean, as long as everything goes the right way, we should be okay. But if you take a, a, a Boston deal with Tatum, and even then you still may make the playoffs, you may not. But if you take one of those Knicks or, or Lakers deals where you have the young pieces, do you think Drew is down to be the veteran through this rebuild? I mean, that's yet to be seen. I, I think you saw this team and the way they played around Drew. Uh, it was almost like this team was better with lesser talent. Um, you know, I, I think that you you look at what the team is going to bring back. I mean, obviously a guy like Jaws coming back, but does Julius Randle, you know, commit to playing another season here so he can wait for whenever the salary cap goes up, not this offseason, but next? Um, or, or does Julius want a bigger contract so you end up letting him go? Um, I think the Pelicans are going to look to move guys like Solomon Hill, maybe even an Etwan Moore. Uh, to get some cap space, because look, the Pelicans can move a couple of guys, package some second-round picks, and all of a sudden they have room for a max player. That you know? is true, but it's, it's just like which max player do we like? Are we talking Tobias Harris? Are we I talking? Don't, no, 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 no. You do not want to give Tobias Harris a max deal. I think that's okay. a waste, I think that's a waste of funds. But yeah, and that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. Like, who can we honestly get that's like a, a legitimate star? To, well, not even a. I don't want to say star, but you but you know what I mean. That, that and that's why I brought up Tobias Harris because I don't think giving a max. I agree with you. Giving a guy like him a max contract would be a waste of money for us. You know the the thing about the Pelicans is is that now with David Griffin in place, you heard him last night say it over and over again in interviews was they want to create New Orleans into a free agent destination. They want players to want to come to New Orleans. Moves that you do to ensure that. You make sure that you have a good facility. Gail's talked about improving the facility even more, which was built a couple of years ago. Uh, you have a good fan base, which, look, Pelicans were the number three media market for the NBA this past season. And, and, and you have a good training staff, which the Pelicans have just done. Uh, they, they hired the guy away from the Phoenix Suns. And now they are one of the places where players are going to want to play to you know, ensure longevity in their career because they're going to have a good training staff. And, and all the things that surround what New Orleans has, like they're not a, a cold place. Uh, guys don't have to truck through the snow to get to games. I think that's beneficial for the Pelicans at the end of the day. Uh, you know, the offseason doesn't matter as much because these guys, are, for the most part, are, are going to L.A. and living in California to train. I mean, you see, you know, Drew, his brother, Frank Jackson, even A.D., they're all training out in California. That's the majority of the NBA at the end of the day. So, you, you know, if you can create a place that players want to come play, a good environment with a good locker room, which I think uh, having Drew Holiday at the top of things is really going to change uh, the way this locker room is seen. It, I, look, the Pelicans are going to turn into a place where 
you don't have to pay a guy a contract uh, like Solomon Hill to get them to come play here for four years. You know, oh, you're okay, going to be able okay. to get more fair deals. And I see so, what yeah. So, yes, you'll have room for a max. Do you give a max? I don't know. But does a guy like Kimball Walker, you know, entice you to maybe pay someone like that a max? I'm not sure. But that option's there if you can create the space and if you can create yourself as a destination for some of these free agents. And uh, I like how you said the, the Solomon Hill thing. Because I think I, I actually like that way more than the, the idea of the Kimbas, the, the Tobias, because that allows you to build, get your star players through the draft, i.e. Warriors, i.e. Denver. And when the, in the, when the squad's the right way, you can pay role players the, the, so you won't have to pay the Solomon Hills the outrageous contracts. You can get actually quality, quality role players and other people to fill in that starting lineup who might necessarily be A-plus players, but B-plus and B players are just as good. It's that fringe of what we talked about. If if you have Nikola Mirotic and you have a big three, he's a solid piece to add to that. So I, I, I like it that way more so than getting a max player. But yeah, it would be dope to bring quality, quality free agents in. Yeah, and they're going to be able to do that with young talent around a guy like Drew Holiday and Zion. You know, I think that opportunities for the Pelicans this offseason and for the future are, in a, in a way, you know, kind of endless. Uh, and you kind of have to trust what David Griffin is doing. Uh, look, if Dell Dimps was still in charge, uh, I <laughs> wouldn't be as excited. Dell would have probably traded the one pick already for, uh, for you know, maybe Boban or somebody like that. So, uh, <laughs> Look, Lyndon, I am very excited for what the Pelicans are going to have to offer uh, for fans this upcoming season. Like uh, Scott said, Pelicans announced 2,500 people bought season tickets last night. Uh, Put that along with the people that have already renewed their season tickets. I think you're going to have a pretty decent crowd in the arena next year. Oh, yeah. My dad called me because he he didn't renew his – like. He, he wasn't sure if he was going to renew after last year. My dad called me the moment he found out. He's like, oh, we're going to be back at the games. I was like, swag. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fire. Cool beans. So, I mean, I know. Like, you can see the t- out of anybody who's the most happiest is the ticket sales. And I know everybody in that department is like, please, please don't mess this pickup. But speaking of messing this pickup, I just want to ask because I know how you are as a, as a, as a person who looks at sports. Do you think... Zion is the pick for us. Uh, I, I can see where he's not going to be the best player at the end of the day. But whenever you talk about what a franchise needs when they lose a top five player, look, Zion is as, as athletic as you can get in the NBA. His size, his vertical leap. I mean, the guy's incredible in what he can do. Does he need to work on a shot? Yes. Does he need to work on Adding some muscle, yes. But a guy that's at his size, that is, you know, 285, I don't think you need to be worried about people moving him around at the end of the day. Um, you know, I, I think if you get the pieces around him and Drew, uh, I, I think that he's going to be more beneficial. And, what you know, I've seen a lot of people say, what position does he play? The four, the three? Man, if you can get him to play the three, uh, his athleticism and what he can bring, you really could have a team that, you know, defensively is incredible, but offensively can put up a lot of points. No, 100%. And, and the only reason why I ask that question is just to play devil's advocate because we, we talk a lot about – we've talked a lot about this conversation off air and, like, if we got it, what, what, who you think should be, and we actually got it. And, no, and I, and I agree with you. Zion Williamson is out of – as much as you think John Morant might be the guy – 
Zion Williamson is a franchise changer. Yes, will he be LeBron? I don't know. But as of now, his floor to me is as low as just Julius Randle. But this guy, I've, I've seen people say it, he's Julius Randle is just a normal saying for anime, for just to do, do an anime reference, and Zion Williamson's Super Saiyan. Like, and, and that's where I think it's, it could be special and beneficial. Because like you said, it could, go, it could go either way. He could play the four, but if you could get this guy to, to, to get that baby fat and turn it into muscle and, and maintain his weight control, and with, like we said, with Aaron Nelson and that training staff and David Griffin, that's something they can do, and you, could be, you can max out his potential instead of letting him go the shack route, gain weight, and then see him lose some of his athletic ability. So in the long run, I think Zion Williamson, if the, the things go the right way in his player development, could be, uh, in, as, as cliche as this is, a franchise-changing player. Yeah, don't have to worry about the weight gain in an Alvin Gentry system because they will True. be running. Lyndon, <laughs> you know about that as well as I do with your grandpa's uh, offense that he had us running. You are nonstop running. So, you know, Zion's going to have to be in shape. Uh, so I'm not concerned about him gaining a ton of weight. You know, that whole idea is just uh, a little crazy. But I look, thought the, the memes th- were funny where they had they, they had uh, Zion going to New Orleans eating all that food looking like Booger McFarlane. <laughs> oh, man, that's a mask. But, uh... <laughs> Look, I heard a caller say it this morning. It's an exciting time in Louisiana for sports. The Saints are trending upward. Uh, Joe Oliva is gone. You have Scott Woodward now at LSU. F. King's probably on his way out, too, as well as the news has been buzzing around him. And the Pelicans are getting Zion. So an exciting time for Louisiana sports. LSU finally wins a midweek, and we're getting Zion Williamson, baby. But, Lyndon, what's going on on the network this week? Uh, tell people what they can be listening to. You can, if you're an anime fan, we just dropped the latest episode of Anime Talk. It's a three, it's a long one. Me and Chris have answered all you guys' questions. We reviewed the latest shows and along with the latest, newest manga that's hitting the, the anime world. It's supposed to be the bit, next big thing. We talk about that. And then also for the main show this week, we're talking NBA playoffs. We're talking all the, the latest news. We're actually talking about the new, these, these birth uh, control laws that are being passed in Alabama. We're talking about all of that. And then Friday, as always, talking movies and TV. Game of Thrones, it's a big week. Look, episode five just happened. Shuby's been saying it for weeks. The Mad Queen is coming to strike. So we got to give our takes on that and see what's coming next. It, I just hope my, John, my guy Jon Snow makes it out alive. But other than that, that's all we got really on the network this week. Are you upset that we only have one episode left and so many unanswered questions? I, I thought we were gonna have. I thought it was seven. Like I honestly, like I, I and I said it on like one of the last. I think either last week's pod or two pods ago. I had and Schubert said it was six, and then I was like, no, bro, it's seven. And I convinced him it's seven, and I thought it was legitimately seven. Like I thought this was gonna be the six was gonna be the aftermath of this one, and then seven was gonna close everything up. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, but I mean. Uh, that's a whole different topic, season eight. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, well, I cannot wait for uh, this e- the episode on Sunday, although, uh, man, I'm still scratching my head. But for Scott Prather, for Lyndon Burton, my name is Charles Reese. Y'all make sure y'all check out the episode, uh, an episode coming out later this week as Josh Lemoyne will be joining us uh, to talk a little bit recruiting. We'll recap on some baseball as LSU gets set to take on Auburn and hopefully get enough ass- uh, insurance to be able to host a regional this season as uh, they lose two of three from Arkansas but finally win a midweek game. Uh, LSU baseball is looking to turn the tides as they get a couple of players back. But 
for Lyndon Burton and Scott Prather. Again, my name is Charles Reese. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy some sports and enjoy this weather. And as always, God bless.